it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. 10 Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. What year is it? What year is it, ladies and gentlemen? We are back. It is a raw review for your raw of January 11th. It's been a nice vacation, but my God, what happened tonight on raw? We blasted back (laughs) to a year so long ago, but it is Royal Rumble time. (sighs) Ah. Best pay-per-view of the year for WWE, in my opinion, is coming. And it will be here in 20 days. Three weeks. It's insane. But it's going to be a little different, obviously. No fans. And it's still in the Thunderdome. So we'll see how this goes. Unfortunately, you know, it won't have the same gusto as last year's you know with edges miraculous return and so uh, there might be a little little less air in the sails if you know what i mean when it comes to the show but i'm still excited for it i still want to see who comes out if we get any surprises but i'm just happy that it's here um (laughs) i'm also happy that I did not do a raw review last Monday night. And I'll do a quick recap because it does tie into tonight's show as well. The fact that Drew McIntyre was even approached by Bill Goldberg for a lack of respect for his elders is just preposterous. In its own right. And yes, I said the word preposterous. It's just, that's how ridiculous this is. And I was not a happy camper. Now, I understand why they're doing it. It's Bill Goldberg. He's a name. He's cut. Still has value to him. And Vince, when the big four pay-per-view rolls around, Vince is going to pull out all the stops to get all the big names so that there are more mainstream eyes on them. So I get it. 
But not against Drew. <laughs> could it be anybody else, and I would be okay. Well, I'll have to get back. It could be uh, most of the roster, and I'd be like, oh, that's cool. But I, I just have that fear that Drew's going to not have the title in 20 days, and I'm going to be very sad about this fact. Obviously, then that'll lead to Mania, where Goldberg will probably drop the title again like he did last year. But it is what it is. But that's just my my fear. And I'm sure, obviously, I'm not alone in that. But we'll see what happens. Maybe Drew will knock some sense into Bill and, you know, he'll continue to be champion. We can hope. Speaking of our WWE champion, as many of you probably already know, uh, he tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be available uh, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Fortunately, he is asymptomatic. Uh, doesn't have any symptoms at all. He said it himself during the show, but still, that's unfortunate um, that this has happened. And I believe that the majority of the Raw roster was exposed because the lack of variety for tonight's show really showed. Um, I mean, the matches that happened were good. I enjoyed them. Some things kind of seemed a little odd, but, but, you know, it is what it is. They did the best of it. You know, the whole show must go on. And, you know, they did the best of it. But, like, the ending of this show, I think, the last uh, – I was reading it online, and I have to completely agree – um, the last three minutes had more action than the whole three hours. So <laughs> it was pretty fast-paced and kind of took, especially took me off guard, which I honestly will say doesn't happen all that often. But I was audibly surprised um, by the ending. But I will get there. So let's get to the show itself now that I've blabbered on for enough time. So Rock kicked off with our CEO, our CEO, COO, WWE, Triple H, is going to come out and make some announcements. But before he could say anything more than welcome to the Thunderdome and welcome to Monday Night Raw, a familiar snake-like music hits. And here comes Mr. Orton. Of course, of course he has to interrupt within moments. So naturally, I blame all of this on Know the Ropes podcast because they clearly understand that whenever Randy's lurking, they have to send him out. So just to infuriate me even more. But it is what it is. So Randy starts doing the same thing he did last week, pretty much just kind of laying into Triple H about it being a suit, no longer having it. And basically just trying to make him feel like garbage. But Triple H, still being Triple H, wouldn't fall for it. Tells Randy, nah, you're not getting a fight with me tonight. It's not going to happen. Then uh, Randy pulls out the old reliable that we've heard a couple of times. About the old balls in the purse. 
when it comes to Steph. <laughs> well, Triple H obviously didn't take too kindly to that, knocking Randy uh, down with a nice swift punch, sending Randy out of the ring. Randy assuming that that was a yes to his challenge, but Triple H didn't verbally say anything, so it's still up in the air. Our first then opening contest was a women's match between Charlotte and Lacey Evans. Now, <clears throat> going back again to last week, the fact that they have Ric Flair on television again warms my heart. I love Rick. I have for a long time. So it's nice to see him in some capacity. The other side of me is a little nervous, obviously, with everything still going on in the world. I worry about someone being in the older generation being out and exposed. But that's whatever. What kind of confuses me is what's going on between him and Lacey. Lacey openly flirting with, with Rick last week, causing Charlotte clearly to be upset. Um, it actually even caused Rick to get involved in the match, but accidentally causing his daughter to lose. This week, it starts off just as Charlotte and Lacey. Match is going on for a few minutes, and then all of a sudden we hear the familiar, Woo! And here comes the nature boy. So I said to myself, well, things are about to get interesting. And sure enough, by the time the end of the match rolled around, Charlotte was getting ready to pin Lacey, but Rick takes Lacey's leg, throws it over the rope. Ref has to break the count. And then Lacey gets the pin and leaves with Rick. I'm like, wait, what? What's going on? <laughs> apparently it's true. It still may be the oldest ride, but apparently obviously still has the longest ride. <laughs> the longest line. See, I can't even screw up a, a great, great promo like that. God damn it. That's all right. It is what it is. You all know what I meant. So that's where that's going. And they ended up leaving the arena together. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, up next, we, uh, we're supposed to have Elias taking on Jeff Hardy again um, after that feud was finished a while back. But obviously with the lack of available talent tonight, they tried to give it that match again. However... They did a little switcheroo at the end. Elias claiming that his thumb was injured too much that he was not able to compete. So Jackson Riker would take his spot. And Jackson Riker beat Jeff Hardy. What? <laughs> what? But Hardy clearly pissed off about that challenges Elias to a match. We go to break, we come back, and then Jeff beats Elias relatively quickly. So does that mean that Jackson Riker is better than both Jeff Hardy and Elias? That scares me. That doesn't make any sense. But I digress. <laughs> we then move on to Keith Lee and Sheamus taking on Miz and Morrison. They had a little verbal spat in the back earlier during an interview. And it looks like, you know, Keith Lee and Sheamus seem to be on the same page. At one point, Keith Lee broke the top rope. 
he threw Morrison into the corner and then went and squashed him in the corner, but moved with such velocity and force that when he hit him, he moved upward and it snapped <laughs> or unhinged. I shouldn't say snapped because it wasn't broken. They were able to reattach it, but it unhooked the rope, which I've only seen happen once before. And it it kind of whiplashed back, hit Morrison in the back of the head, and Morrison fell in a heap. So all of a sudden, Keith Lee's just kind of staring, standing there, all like all pumped up from the squash, doesn't realize what had happened. And then he looks down and sees the top of the ring, uh, the top rope laying around Morrison, and he just has this gleeful, like childlike smile on his face. And you see Sheamus getting in the ring, slapping him, going, way to go, dude. <laughs> it was probably one of the greatest things that I've seen in, in quite some time. I don't I hope it was an accident, but and I'm glad that everybody was okay, but that was a cool moment. So it, it just further shows how much of a beast that Keith Lee truly is. Um and of course there's that wonderful one-upsmanship between Keith Lee and Sheamus throughout the match. They do get the victory, and everything's good. Uh, before we go to a commercial break, they interview Triple H. Triple H said he's had enough and that the fight with Randy Orton tonight is on, and that will be your main event. So we go to break. We come back, and when we left the ring, Keith Lee and Sheamus were hugging. Everything was good. I'm like, oh, sweet. They're on the same page. This is great. Well, at come back from break, they're fighting in the ring. <laughs> what happened? What? What is going on? So they end up having a, a fantastic match with each other. Um, and Keith Lee getting the victory with a huge spirit bomb. And then Sheamus, well, Keith Lee goes in for the fist bump at the end. Sheamus slaps, his way, slaps away his hand and just gives him a big old bear hug. So it's like, well, I guess, you know, the boys just got to beat the crap out of each other sometimes. And then, you know, they're, they're right as rain. Everything's good to go. <laughs> so then we get a message from Drew. Um, earlier in the night, he talked about what I mentioned at the top of the show that he was asymptomatic, that he did have COVID-19, that he'll be back in a few weeks. Um, in his second interview, he goes through this whole part about, you know, how he wasn't going to take the match with Goldberg because he didn't, you know, he, he didn't feel like he, he wanted, he had to, and, you know, everything was fine, and then Bill decided to put his hands on him, and I guess that changed his mind. So now it is official for the Royal Rumble. Drew McIntyre will put his WWE championship on the line against Bill Goldberg. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But now I'm nervous about the Rumble. I don't want to see Drew's fantastic 2020 roll into a bad 2021. Um, I know it's only January, but I don't know. I want him to be in the title picture for a long time. Um, because otherwise I feel like raw, the, the creative writing is not good enough to keep a competent storyline going for someone who's really not in a title picture. So 
we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, up next, we ended up having a singles match with Xavier Woods taking on T-Bar with the rest of Retribution. Now, they had announced, I guess, Kofi Kingston has a broken jaw uh, from their matches with the Hurt Business. So, hoping that Kofi has a quick recovery, it heals great, and comes back, and you know they're able to exact their revenge. Now, I'm not sure how many people have noticed. Um, for those of you who don't watch the show and just listen to these, um, listen to these podcasts to try to get a you know a sneak you know a quicker version of what happens on Raw. Um, Mustafa Ali was on Raw Talk last week after the Legends Night, and it's essentially destroyed, like, ripped apart, like, every legend, saying how he doesn't think that it's fair that they devote three full hours to people who are no longer, you know, able to walk correctly, and that he thinks that people who were, you know, younger, uh, that the, the new talent deserve the spotlight. And to an extent, I kind of agree with him. Um, obviously you have to give the legends their props because without them, the new kids wouldn't be there. So I understand. And that's the thing. (laughs) I don't know if this was a work or a shoot or a work that turned into a shoot. I don't know, but It, it it seemed to have gotten Ali in trouble, um, unless, like I said, it's part of a storyline. And apparently now he's no longer trusted with a live mic. So not having a live mic didn't stop him from talking and working up T-Bar during the match. You can hear him over a commentary. and He even started yelling at commentary at times. And keep talking, Ali. People have to listen eventually. So it was a great match. It's nice to see Xavier Woods on his own. Eventually, I hope that this turns into something great for him. Singles singles run down the road. Uh, Also, we definitely need to bring back King of the Ring because that man needs to win it. Xavier Woods needs to bring the Kang to life on WWE television. Those of you who don't watch Up, Up, Down, Down on YouTube should go (laughs) and watch it. I try to plug this as much as I can. I know know they're not paying me for it. It's just I appreciate great content because they they, they honestly helped make my 2020 better. Quality content, always making me laugh, especially with Uno Day with the with the party, and it just they do such a wonderful job, and I truly appreciated it, and I still appreciate it to this day. So I will forever be in their debt when it comes to that, and I will plug them as often as I as often as I can. So that being said. T-Bar gets the big victory here, which I think is great for T-Bar. Also, doesn't make Retribution look bad, (laughs) them getting a win. 
Um, so we'll see if that goes anywhere from now on. If not, then it's a good singles match. They all seem fine. Everything was was good in the ring, and you know, T-Bar looking like his Dominic Dajakovic days. So we'll see. Uh, up next, uh, we had the anticipated U.S. title match uh, as Matt Riddle challenged Bobby Lashley. The match ended a lot quicker than I expected it to. Um, at one point, at the very end of the match, uh, Riddle jumped at Lashley. Um, I'm assuming to do some type of kick or something, and Lashley caught his leg and effectively picked him up by his leg dropped him with a ridiculous dominator and then picked him up and slapped him into the heart, the heart lock and got the submission victory. It was crazy. Like the, 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 the power of that man is, is unreal. <laughs> um, so quick business by the hurt business. And then riddle does the same basic thing that Hardy did earlier in the night. He's, you know, he's tired of it and he challenges MVP to a match we go to break. We come back. Those two are fighting. I look down for literally two seconds, and I miss what happened. Uh, I look up, and Lashley hits a spear on on Riddle. So I'm assuming it was a DQ, but Little uh, was left laying in the ring uh, by Lashley and MVP. And MVP hit this ridiculous uh, shot to the gut, and you could hear the shoe hit Riddle's skin. Oh, it was it was kind of sickening, uh, but whew. so after that, we then they they go over the uh, the talk from SmackDown with the Gauntlet match and how we have the resurrection of uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Thank God and how I've been preaching for Adam Pierce to become a GM. Also, by the way, Sonia Deville is back and she's going to be an assistant for Adam Pierce. So that is even more exciting, but the gauntlet match, Paul Heyman has his hands and everything. Got Adam Pierce to be the sixth and final participant in the gauntlet match. After Shinsuke eliminated three people on his own and looked absolutely phenomenal, he looked like his NXT days, and it was it was some of the best wrestling that I've seen from him in such a long time, and it was so great to watch. Um, but you know they get in the ring. Um, well, Pierce gets to the ring, you know, flanked by Roman. And Jay, Jay gets in the ring, attacks Nakamura. Roman does the same thing. And then they throw Adam Pierce in the ring. Pierce then gets super kicked by Jay Uso. And then they cover, they throw Pierce, Pierce's limp body over Nakamura for the one, two, three. So Roman will be challenged by Adam Pierce, a WWE official, somebody who hasn't wrestled the match in six years at the Royal Rumble. Now, I understand that's not what a lot of people were watching either. But with this match, unlike the Goldberg-Drew match, this is pure storytelling. And I can honestly see them giving Adam a chance at a flash of, you know, 
getting some sort of offense in this match. Um, I've seen a little bit of his stuff. I'm probably planning on doing a little bit more homework before the Rumble just so I can get a better background on him. But I know he was a a real jerk as a heel, and I'm looking forward to watch that because I do appreciate a good heel. But we'll see where that happens. But tangent aside, I'm going to bring it back. We see Adam Pierce talking to AJ uh, in the back. AJ declaring himself for the Rumble, stating that you know the scenarios if they were Adam for uh, if Adam Pierce is able to get you know Roman to lose, step on a you know a, a one or five banana peels or whatever, and AJ wins the Rumble, then they'll face each other at Mania, and. <clears throat> Drew Gulak comes out of you know left field essentially, walks up to both AJ and Adam Pearson, saying that Drew is you know Drew Gulak. I am, you know, he's <laughs> he's declaring himself for the Royal Rumble. Now, this is one of the things that bugged me on tonight's show. Everybody else who's declared. Has gotten in. No strings attached, no no qualifying. It's just I declare and I'm in. Drew Gulak, on the other hand, tries to do it. Adam Pierce is like, mm, there's only 15 spots on Raw and 15 on SmackDown, so I can't just give it to anybody. And Drew fires back, well, why is AJ in? And AJ's like, well, I'm a two-time WWE champion. You know, he lists off a whole bunch of other accolades. And Drew... You know, he asked Drew, who have you beaten? So he takes out a flash drive, and he goes to Adam Pierce. He goes, for your eyes only, I present to you. <laughs> and Pierce cuts him off because I'm assuming it was a PowerPoint presentation. So that popped me. <laughs> um, Pierce tells him, well, fine. You want a shot getting in? We'll make you earn it. I'm like, okay. So Drew Gulak then takes on AJ Styles. If Drew wins, he's in. If he doesn't, well, then that's the end of that. Great match. People really need to stop sleeping on Drew Gulak. He's a phenomenal technician and a great, great wrestler. And I, it's, it's honestly criminal that they're not giving him the opportunity that he deserves to win something. Uh, you know, outside of the Cruiserweight title, which took forever for them to put that on him. You know, he could easily be, you know, a U.S. champ because Lashley should not be U.S. champ. Lashley should be going after the big title. That's just the, that's just how it's supposed to be. So the match was good. Unfortunately for Drew, it was a loss. So no Royal Rumble for him. So then we move on. So our second to last match of the night was a women's tag team match. Is Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler took on Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke, which <laughs> which funny enough, before the match started, both Dana and Mandy both declare themselves for the women's 
Royal Rumble. Nobody stops them. They get immediate entrance. So justice for Drew Gulak, please. <laughs> um, either way, match was good. You know, these four have been fighting for you know quite some time. I'm assuming that this obviously, you know, was another match they kind of had to put together since the show was clearly, you know, they had less people available. Because I'm assuming the ray tracing is a lot of people in quarantine until they figure out who's infected and who's not. So. Uh, but at the end, Shayna tags herself in as Nia's getting ready to finish the match and quickly taps out Mandy. So Nia seems a little perturbed by this, so I'm wondering if they're teasing the split between those two, which I would be completely okay with because they're both better as singles wrestlers, in my opinion. But that's neither here nor there. And then it's time. It's time to play the game. Sorry, I had to. Main event time, Triple H, Randy Orton. Not a match, just a fight. No ref, no nothing. No bells. Both men get to the ring, and it's on. They're beating the ever-living snot out of uh, of each other. Randy's cheek gets busted open as he smashes into the, the ring steps. And then all of a sudden, we start getting that familiar noise. Lights cameras stuff starting to shut down so i immediately thought to myself oh my god is the fiend coming back this week it's just the week he's coming back lights you know are, are about halfway down triple h at this point has found his sledgehammer into the ring picks it up brings it into the ring and at one point when we see the lights at their you know their half lit you see randy kind of looking around And then all of a sudden it shifts to Triple H and he picks up his sledgehammer and his sledgehammer is on fire. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's the coolest thing I've seen in a long time in wrestling. (laughs) A flaming sledgehammer. Lights then completely go out. Everything goes black, including the fire. (laughs) And then we come back. Randy's standing in the middle of the ring. Triple H is gone. Sledgehammer with him. But in the other corner behind Randy's face is Alexa Bliss. So we're continuing that little feud, which was great. Alexa just kind of staring at Randy and Randy looking back at her. And then all of a sudden, Miss Bliss puts up her hand that shows pain and then shoots her other hand out and a fireball Hits Randy square in the face. Now, I did not expect that, so I audibly yelled. <laughs> um, it was just it was just crazy. Like, I understand the whole, you know, mystical powers and stuff like that that's given to her by the, the fiend and whatnot, but it just, that was really cool. <laughs> um, I did not expect it. I really appreciated it. Um, it. There's not much in wrestling after watching for over 30 years that really that really surprises me anymore. And it's nice to get those little things every once in a while. So bravo, Raw. Um, overall, the show was okay. Um, obviously, with the lack of available talent, there's really not much you can do. Uh, so they did do the best they could do. Um, but for me, I'd probably put it at about a C, C plus. 
Uh, the, the last bit at the end really kind of pulled it over from a C minus, which is probably what I was going to originally give it. But um, so it was okay down the middle of the road. Um, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully everybody else who's being tested is going to come back negative and that next week's show will be a little bit better off. Um, if not, then, you know, I'm sure they'll pull something else together and, and we'll go from there. It was nice to see Triple H get into an altercation again. It's been a while since we've seen that. Uh, so there were some different highlights. Um, so we'll see what, what happens. So all I got to say is that I'm glad to be back. I appreciate everybody who's listened and will listen in the future. You guys are the, you guys are the best. Uh, we really appreciate you. If you don't follow us already, please follow us on Twitter, media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on <clears throat> Facebook and YouTube as Bedlam Media. You can find us on Instagram as Bedlam Media Official. You can find our podcast on every podcast platform out there uh, besides Pandora. Um, basically, wherever you want. <laughs> We're pretty much there. If there's a spot, you know, if there's a, a podcast platform out there that you guys listen to other podcasts to and we're not on there, let us know. Tweet to us, comment on one of our Facebook posts, Instagram posts, whatever. Let us know, hey, I use, I use such and such. You guys are on there, you know, I'd rather not go anywhere else to listen to podcasts. Can we do something about it? Sure, we'll go We'll go find it. We'll, we'll add ourselves to it and that way you can do your one-stop shop when it comes to all your podcast needs. So thank you guys again. Again, this was the Raw Review for January 11th. It is 2021. We'll see what happens as this year goes on. First week and a half has uh, <clears throat> not exactly been the best. <laughs> so um, we can only hope that it goes up from here. So thank you guys once again. And please... Never forget to join the Bethlehem. Have a good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.